Welcome to Hold the Line Kitchen Talk, where we give you the dish straight from the kitchen. We're at episode 7, it's June 10th, 2021, and we are motoring through the pandemic, or what's left of it. So, what do we got on tap today? Got some cool stuff today. Current events. Governor Wolf lifts restrictions May 31st, but keeps the mask mandate. Janet Yella jumps in and gives us the Biden reason why restaurants can't find workers. And May was my birthday, and I celebrated 33 years in the food business. So... That's what we got, so let's get after it. Okay, so what do we got here for the current events in this great state of Pennsylvania? Governor Tom Wolf lifted seating restrictions effective May 31st, starting at 12.01 a.m. 12:01 a.m. And do we know why he started that at 12.01 a.m.? Because that was a holiday during the day, and, you know, Governor Tom Wolf wouldn't want anybody to have any fun or have any parties, you know, for the holidays. So make sure no parties, no nothing. But then at midnight, restrictions are gone. Uh, well, except for the mask mandate. He's, he's going to keep the mask mandate. The masking order will be lifted when 70% of Pennsylvania adults are fully vaccinated. That's, that's what he's telling us right now. And, you know, of course, you know, that, that is good news. That's good news across the whole restaurant world. Um, we even had uh, Melissa Bova from the Pennsylvania Restaurant Lod- uh, Lodging Association pretty much tell everybody, you know, tell everybody what we've been thinking for a long time now that this announcement that everybody felt should have been made like months ago. So at least it's out there now. And, no, you know, you're seating, you know, everything as long as you're good to go there. But everybody's got to keep that mask on until 70 percent of PA is vaccinated, I guess. That's that's what we're going with. So so there's no longer restrictions when it comes to limits and, and distancing. But, it, you know, is it going to be as easy as just opening up the front door and the the hordes of people are going to come in and everybody's going to get back to normal. I will show C. So what is the next hurdle? With the restrictions being lifted, it should be easy, right? Money in the bank. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso says. Who's going to prep all that food? Cook the food, serve the food, make the cocktails, answer the phones, and be the smiling face that you see when you walk through the front door. Because I know right now in my small little town of Altoona, you can drive down the boulevard in every single restaurant from fast food to fine dining is hiring. Certain places are offering sign-on bonuses just for accepting a job. So what's going on? There must be some reason that there are all these openings and no one to fill the jobs. Well, you know, like everything else in our country, two different opinions on the topic. So... I think we're going to have to take a look in depth at these topics. So what's our first take on it? Well, actual business owners like myself will tell you that the reason is, wait for it, people are making more money to sit at home than to work right now. And I know what you're thinking, Bill. You can't say that. Well, I'm here to tell you that. And I can say that because that's what's said to me during interviews. I mean, we have people that are 18 years old coming in for dishwasher jobs that want 17 to $20 an hour. And and if at all possible, can you pay me under the table so it doesn't mess up my unemployment? And when you tell them none of that's happening, they never come back. So 
that that's created a definite problem, but no one no one will seem to take on that on that problem. They'll just tell you that it, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. It, it, the unemployment, the benefits, all the free money. That has nothing to do with the reason that every business in the United States has a worker shortage right now. But what is the reason that they're going to give you? Well. The big government and the blue checkmark army on social media tell us the reason for lack of workers is child care. That's right, child care. And without missing a beat, our great Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, has also joined in on the fund to let us know that it's not the free money and it's not the, unex- the extended unemployment benefits that's keeping people at home. It's lack of child care. And in case you missed it, here it is. Check this out. She did pretty much everything that we expect out of someone in the government to do. She didn't answer the question and worked her way all around the question about unemployment benefits and whether that was keeping people off. But the only re- that what her reasoning behind it is is childcare, and uh, there was just some crazy things. People involuntarily working part time are now getting hours. Um, she might want to maybe get out of the office and take a couple of drives around and find out that a lot of those people that were working part-time now don't even want to work full-time. You can't get people to work part-time now 
Part-time people don't want to work full-time, and trying to find somebody that's full-time, good luck with that. So I guess we'll just go with that answer. It's it's child care, right, that's keeping people from working, but... Uh, you know, what I mean, like me, I always like to I always like to do my own little work. So uh, I did my own little checking and uh, seeing as how I'm hiring myself at most positions in the restaurant, you know, uh, the jobs that we're looking for, hostess, busser, waitstaff, dishwasher, prep cooks. These are all your first first steps in the restaurant game and where most people start. So uh, I went on to investigate the child care answer a little a little more um, to see see if maybe that is affecting, which I'm sure it is affecting it somewhat, but you, you, you can't just not look at the fact that you're handing people free money. So, but back to the child care thing, the jobs that I stated, you know, that's an age range of, you know, people start, I started washing dishes when I was 15 years old. My son's in here washing dishes when he's 15. All my kids started, you know, I had his, his friends in here working this weekend with me that are 15 years old because I can't find anybody else to work. So I went ahead and I pulled up a couple different sites to see what I could find. And uh, Statista.com had a statistic from 2018, and I, I was reading it. The percentage of childless women in the, announced, in the United States. Okay, that's people without kids for anybody who's having a problem with that. So 15 to 19-year-olds, 96.9% had no children. 20 to 24-year-old, 78.6% had no children. And 25 to 29 years old, 54.2% had no children. So those numbers and those percentages, they, they, they kind of confuse me a little bit. And uh, I'm still a little confused because the great intellectuals of our country say childcare is the major factor driving the shortage of workers. But I'm looking at actual numbers uh, of people in the United States that don't have children and the age range of the job classifications at a restaurant, I'm wondering if 96.9% of 15 to 19-year-olds don't have kids and 78.6% of 20 to 24-year-olds don't have kids and 54.2% of 25 to 29-year-olds don't have kids, then why am I having a problem filling 100% of my job openings. Anybody? I mean, I know it's math and everything, but I'm seeing that 54.2%, 78.6%, 96.9% don't have any children, and you can't fill 100% of the jobs. Wow. What's going on? Well, I'll let you draw, do your own math and draw your own conclusions as to why people aren't working. But I think we can cross child care off as your number one reason why people, why people aren't returning to work, you know. So enough of the numbers and all the shitbags in the government. Last month was my birthday, and that marked 33 years in the business, 11 years owning my own restaurant. And it has been been a ride. So started as a dishwasher myself, did all that, uh, and continuously worked my way up, did a little cooking, did some catering, became a sous chef. Um, 
you know, was a head chef, did everything. And I always tell people now, like the glory days of the kitchen and I, I, the restaurant, uh, I feel are over, you know, not only it was, it was already going downhill, I feel. And, uh, this pandemic just kind of tightened, tightened it up, you know, enough that, uh, I, I don't, it, it's never going to be like it was. And it's just, it took, it takes a certain type of person to do this job anyway. And with, with, the way things are nowadays, it's just it'll it'll never be back to the glory days of, of what it was. And I call it the glory days because you did, you know, I mean, you had a tight knit crew of people that, you know, got after it and did what they had to do, man. And every and everybody was friends, and there was, you know, there was never any problem. We'd fight with each other for fifteen minutes, and everybody was, you know, having drinks ten minutes later, you know, so. Uh, it, it, it makes you sit back and think, you know, the old dogs like myself, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old now. Like I, I'm starting to see what things are going on. I'm starting to see government overreach into restaurants and regulations. And there's every type of, uh, inspection, every type of validation. You know, there's, there's millions and millions. It's almost impossible to run, run a restaurant anymore unless you're a, a major corporation. And I think that's just the way they want it. So it, it's starting to, it's starting to become a question of how, how long are old dogs like me going to be around and do this? You know, because every day you get up and you think, you know, who's showing up for work today? Who's not showing up for work today? You know, are they ever showing up again? You know, but besides that fact, you have a full book of people that are coming in because everybody's excited. The pandemic's over. Everybody wants to eat. And, you know, this past weekend, I'm telling you, before the pandemic on a, on a Friday and a Saturday night. Now, now, mind you, my my restaurant is is very small. Uh, we have a I had a kitchen staff of of five people, five people Friday, five people Saturday. My kitchen staff this past weekend, two people. And you tell you tell me why that is. You know, you, you tell me it's childcare. You know that 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 is the reason that that these people aren't working. But you know, I don't. I, you know, it, it's. It's a mess. It's a mess everywhere. And like I said, I, I hope people are going out to eat and taking advantage of these people that are these these small restaurants that are around, these independently owned restaurants that are around because I don't know how long they're going to be around, you know, honestly, because I think people are just going to get tired of it. They're going to get tired of of everything and 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 just and just give it up, you know what I mean? And move on to something else. It's, it's not near as much of a hassle as these restaurants. So. Hopefully, I, I I have a couple more good years left in me, and we and we keep it running. But uh, like I said, seeing as how it was my birthday, um, and we just got past June eighth, which was the uh, passing of a great man, Anthony Bourdain. I think I will uh, I will end it with uh, a nice clip from. If you've never read Kitchen Confidential, I I highly recommend you read the book Kitchen Confidential. And if you don't like to read, uh, get Audible because it is one of the few books on Audible that the author of the book actually reads the audio book and Anthony Bourdain reads the book, uh, Kitchen Confidential. I've had owned many copies of that, given copies away, read it multiple times and I've already listened to it, you know, multiple times on audio. But, uh, as a, as a salute to the, to the main man, Tony Bourdain, uh, let's, 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 let's end this podcast with a little, uh, a little clip from Kitchen Confidential as he, uh, brings back, Brings back a lot of memories to for me of uh, the glory days of the kitchen. So, hope you enjoy it. So, uh, that's it. While busboys stripped and reset tables outside the kitchen door, the cooks, runners, and sous chefs swilled bottled water, wiped down their stations, and bullshitted. 
I stood in the doorway to the cellar prep kitchen and smoked a cigarette nervously. We were in that eerie eye of the hurricane calm. In ten minutes, when the next wave of hungry public had been seated and breaded and watered, there'd be a punishing rush. The slide filling up with orders all at once, the action swinging from station to station, boiling up the line like a Drano enema. First the salad guy would get hit, then the saute station, and finally the grill, until everything came down at once, the whole bunch of us in the cramped kitchen struggling and sweating and cursing to move orders out without falling in the weeds. We had only a few moments of peace to go, and I smoked and fidgeted and half listened to what my crew was talking about. The tone of the repartee was familiar, as was the subject matter. A strangely comfortable background music to most of my waking hours over the last two decades or so. And I realized that, my God, I've been listening to the same conversation for 25 years. Who's the bigger homo? Who takes it in the ass? Who exactly at this particular moment is a pede, a maricon, a fenocchio, a puta, a pato? It's all about dick, you see. It's chupa mis huevos time. Time for mama la pinga. Take it in your culo time, motherfucker. You pinche baboso crying little woman in your bierga. It looks like a fucking half order of merguez. Wee, wee, wee chica like an insecto. This is the real international language of cuisine, I realized. Watching my French sous chef, American patissier, Mexican grilled salad and fry guy exchange playful insults with the Bengali runner and the Dominican dishwasher. It's been, for 25 years, one long, never-ending game of the dozens played out in four or five languages. As an art form, cook talk is, like haiku or kabuki, defined by established rules with a rigid, traditional framework in which one may operate. All comments must, out of historical necessity, concern involuntary rectal penetration, penis size, physical flaws, or annoying mannerisms or defects. The rules can be confusing. Cabron, for instance, which translates roughly to your wife, girlfriend is getting fucked by another guy right now and you're too much of a pussy to do anything about it, can also mean my brother, depending on inflection and tone. The word fuck is used principally as a comma. Suck my dick means hang on a second or could you please wait a moment? And get your shit together with your fucking me's or I come back there and fuck you in the culo means pardon me comrade but I am concerned with your state of readiness for the coming rush. Is your mise en place properly restocked, my brother? Pinche away means fucking guy, but can also mean you adorable scamp or pal. But if you use the word pal, or worse, my friend in my kitchen, it'll make people paranoid. My friend, famously, means asshole in the worst and most sincere sense of that word. And start being too nice to a cook on the line, and he might think he's getting canned tomorrow. My vato locos are, like most line cooks, practitioners of that centuries-old oral tradition in which we... All of us try to find new and amusing ways to talk about dick. Homophobic, you say? Submental? Insensitive to gender preference and the gorgeous mosaic of an ethnically diverse workforce? Gee, you might be right. Does a locker room environment like this make it tougher for women, for instance? Yup. Most women, sadly. But what the system seeks, what it requires, is someone, anyone, who can hold up their station play the game without getting bent out of shape and taking things personally. If you are easily offended by direct aspersions on your lineage, the circumstances of your birth, your sexuality, your appearance, the mention of your parents possibly commingling with livestock, then the world of professional cooking is not for you.
So there you have it, words from the late, great Anthony Bourdain about how we used to run the kitchens, man. That was that was a good time. But uh, anyway, thanks, everybody, for uh, checking it out. Uh, we are at Episode 7. We're going to keep on rolling. So uh, look for the next podcast coming out soon. And if you would, you know, give us a little, a little follow on there. And uh, if you like it, you know, maybe subscribe. So uh, other than that, have a great day, and we'll see you next time.